Welcome back to the Work in Progress podcast brought to you by Worknicer. On this episode, Alex and Gabe chat with Melanie Loran. Melanie is a Calgary content creator documenting her life right here in YYC, as well as educating people on mental health, financial wellness, and more. The team's also joined by Meg, who's a part of the Worknicer gang. Thanks a lot. Hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to another episode of the Work in Progress podcast. My name is Alex, and uh, really excited to be back. This has been a couple months between recording. Gabe says not to label it, but I label it anyway. Speaking of Gabe, Gabe, say hello. Hey, what's up? I'm Gabe Kane. Happy to be here. And we have a third host with us for the first time ever. As we said, this is a work in progress. Meg, take it away. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm Meg. I work for Work Nicer. So I worked very closely with Alex and he wrote me into this. So I'm very excited to be here though. Meg was not planning on sitting in the chair today. And so uh, thank you for doing it. And um, we're going to have you, Meg, introduce our guest today. Okay. So yeah, I think it's probably fitting that I introduce this guest because I am a follower and um, have been influenced by her. Um, so this is Melanie Loren, um, goes by Mel. Um, she is a social media expert, I'd say, and content creator in Calgary. Um, she has followings across Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and she also is social media leader Arcade. So I'd love to kind of intro you and yeah, take it away. Thanks for the intro. How'd she do? Uh, great. I mean, I would say <laughs> I wouldn't label you as a follower of mine. You know, we are friends. We uh, worked together for probably maybe like a month. Not long. Not hey. long. We had, you know, some crossover at a company. So, um, yeah, thanks for the intro. That pretty much covered it. But I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Fellow work in progress here. So totally. I'm just really excited to chat. Cool. I love that. Fellow work in progress, aren't we all? <laughs> so... Um, let's get started. I think, uh, this is definitely a different podcast, at least for Gabe and I, I'd say. Yeah. No, well, not necessarily. I, you know, I mean, Mel, you, you've just got, you've taken a different journey. That I think a lot of people find fascinating. So we were, we were excited to talk about that and explore that. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think every story is fascinating and, and a work in progress. Um, uh, we've talked to a lot, we've talked to a lot of business owners yes prior right and maybe that's that's all i mean yeah this is maybe a little bit different where mel you're you're not um so you have a full-time job i is that okay correct yeah full-time job at an agency you know near and dear to my heart you know marketing agency work i love obviously um but then now you're growing your own personal brand and doing the influencer thing um and it looks to me from the outset anyway you're, you're doing it a little bit differently as far as like, you seem to be very, or more so anyway, focused geographically around your uh, your reach. Is that right? Or yeah, I is mean, that intentional? It's not so much intentional, but I think I really only got serious about building my personal brand and really owning that part of me in the past couple of years. And I was born and raised in Calgary. And so I think a lot of my network just ends up being here in Calgary. And um, I try to sort of like blend my relationships IRL in real life and my online relationships. To me, I don't really see it as two separate things, just a community. So whether I have a community of people 
that I know in person or online. Um, it's been, I'm excited to chat about it because it is something, I think, I, I'm, I don't really resonate with the term influencer, but it's what would, you know, for the sake of conversation, we can just say that. And I do think that there's a lot more conversation happening around influencers and content creators and people are starting to be a lot more accepting of that as a legitimate job or an industry that is up and coming. And so I'm excited to chat with you and any questions that you have, because I work at an agency as well and we do work with influencers, we're like very much a social first agency. I've gotten to see other people in the space and really it becoming legitimized. And that's really exciting for me to see because I've sort of struggled with that identity of being, like I said, an influencer or just, you know, not really knowing what to call it. I've just always really loved social media ever since, you know, it was like my space. And um, I've just, I like to think of myself as someone who's just like very much online. I love internet culture and um, being an influencer is a way for me to participate in it every single day. And I've met so many great people within the space and there's a lot of misconceptions about it. And so it's just nice to chat about and to kind of um, explain to people maybe that wouldn't have an understanding of what that world might look like. Sure. Yeah. Cool. I have questions. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you said you're excited to talk about it, which is awesome. Us too. Um, I want to know, you said that you struggle with the term influencer. Yes, Correct. Why? Um, I think that I've internalized a lot of um, stigma around it. So when I think of what the stigma would be, it would be someone who is vapid, full of themselves, um, someone who is like really self-centered. So they're, you know, making their social presence, you know, it's like you, I want everyone to follow me and to see all these amazing things that I'm doing, or especially with women, it is a lot a typical influencer would be a lot of um, fashion. And then they're also typically like a beautiful person. You know, they some people gain a following because they look like a model. And so I'm we're starting to see now influencers and content creators come from all walks of life. And I love to see that because um, as that sort of changes, I, I am resonating. I can resonate more with that term. But I think I've just, you know, I've been doing this for probably close to 10 years. Um, in some capacity. And it just hasn't always been something that people have understood or respected. And so I think I've just internalized a lot of that. But now I feel like it's almost my responsibility to almost denounce that in a way, because again, I, I, I know so many great people in the space. And most people that I know are really, most people have full-time jobs and a lot of them are professionals and this is something they do on the side. And so it is hard and it is a lot of work, but I don't think quite, I don't think that people quite understand um, what that work looks like and why. I think a lot of people don't understand the why. So I think that it's important for people like me to explain their why. Mm -hmm. So what is that? For me, my why, I've again, always just been drawn to sharing my experiences online. I don't know why, like I've just always been there's been this like pull in me to share and that leads to a lot of connection with people and they can be strangers and they're, you know, people that I wouldn't have access to if it wasn't for social media. And for me, I'm really passionate about mental health because it's been a journey that I've been on 
for pretty much my whole life. So being open about my mental health struggles has been really rewarding because people, again, might see you as an influencer and think that your life looks great and perfect. But for me, I like to show the good and the bad. And I think that people have responded well to that because people just want to see real people. And I think that's another thing too, is with influencer culture where people are just tired of seeing like really curated stuff and people pretending to be someone that they're not. And we're moving into a much more real and authentic influencer culture. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that. Yeah, I would say um, there's something interesting that I've noticed about your content in that, um, you know, in TV or movies and you talk about like breaking the, is it like the fourth wall, fifth, sixth? Fourth How wall? many walls are there? I don't know. Breaking fourth wall. Fourth, fourth wall. wall. The fourth wall. Um, <clears throat> Walter Parker. Parker knows. Yeah, what Parker knows about. things. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you break the fourth wall of influencing sometimes, but that's good for authenticity because um, Mel talks about being an influencer, how to like grow your content, make content, like get an income from social media content creation. Did you do that intentionally? Yeah, I I I love that. That's something that you've picked up on. Because I think I do that in a couple of different ways because I am in the marketing agency world and that's my full-time job. I feel like I break fourth wall a lot with that regard. Like I do like to, I love humor. And so sometimes like in my content, I'm poking fun at marketing agency culture or just work culture in general. Um, that's been a huge trend of content, especially on TikTok that we've seen is, is people sort of poking fun at themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I really love that style of content. Yeah, I've definitely noticed this. And and I also think like from your content in educating on create, creating content on social media or kind of um, as more people start getting interested in this as a career path, um, like I've definitely been interested in it before and kind of followed along on that, on that content of yours. Um, do you feel that people respond well to that stuff? Because there is a growing interest in that as a career path. Definitely. There is quite a number of people that that is their sole like niche, I would say, is teaching people how to become an influencer or how to create content or how to grow on social media. There's a lot of accounts where that's their sole focus. And it's interesting because those accounts actually grow really fast mm -hmm. because they're providing a lot of valuable information. And so people seem to really like that. And it's one way for sure to to grow your following is by providing tips and providing behind the scenes or like insight that maybe someone in the industry would know, but starting out, you wouldn't know. So I like to sprinkle that in here and there. And definitely people do respond well to that. But I think it's important too, that I want to share my own content. That's original content that it's not, I don't want to just start help helping people create content when I'm still in that space of creating yeah. content, right? Like I don't feel yet that I'm an expert, like, thank you for saying that I'm a social media expert, but I'm very much a work in progress. And yes, yeah, social media is part of my day job as well. And so I feel very immersed in the space, but I still have so much to learn. I'm still fairly new in my career. So I don't yet feel like I am sort of the expert on, on that, but like what I can share little tips here and there, I'm happy to. And I kind of, I, I'm, I've heard this term before, but I'm kind of an intuitive content creator where I'm not, I don't plan things out. It's like in whatever comes up in my day, a lesson or something, I'll create content out of that. And that's worked really well for me. So when I give tips as well, like that's, it's hard to 
put into words, like just whatever comes into your imagination, do that. <laughs> whatever unique thing you have to you, do that. So uh, here's my question. My question is, how do you stay focused on keeping things authentic without getting pulled in to, you know, wanting to create content that you think the world wants to consume? Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. I, I think for me, again, I'm only really coming into it now. I really do think like, I think I've hit my stride with what types of content I like to share. And I can sit here and say, I like to share about mental health, um, sort of lifestyle content. And then also recently I've been into sharing um, like personal finance content because I've seen that that's also a trend with especially young women sharing a lot more of that online. And I think it's so needed and I'm so happy to be part of the conversation. So I've only recently kind of figured out exactly what type of content I like to create. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's probably just going to take some time and figuring it out and work in progress. Like I've been a work in progress with this specific part of my life yeah. for like 10 years, you know? Well, personal brand is a little bit trickier though, because, um, you know, some people, their, their personal brand is tied very much to one, you know, piece of content, right? Dave Ramsey, for example, right? You say his name, you know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Where for most people, we're much more complicated, aren't we? You know, and we've got, you know, we, we've, we think about a lot of things and we have ideas about a lot of things and we want to share it. So it's really tricky. I've, I've seen this a lot. So I actually, I've got a sister. She's got, you know, she's got 25,000 followers and she'll, you know, and, and I'm a marketer. So she'll often be like, Gabe, how do I, you know, how do I find my niche? How do I, you know, and she has, she covers all kinds of different topics. Right. And she's like, I feel like I'm confusing people. I'm like, yeah, but you're also just kind of being you and people are digging that. So, you know, so she'll talk about things from all kinds of stuff, right. That, uh, from a whole broad network, but, but people are, are, are digging that jam because we are complicated, aren't we? And, mm -hmm. and, um, you could be into, mental health and finance and, you know, filming your walk in the park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, and I, your sister's sort of strategy is mine. Like I, we're all multifaceted humans. And the great thing about sharing about your passions and about, you know, all these different things that you like is that you'll never lose track of, oh, what, what am I, you know, focusing on? It's just you. So like, I, that's been something that I've tried to implement is that I don't, if I'm really just being myself online, then I don't have to remember what facade I'm putting on or what side of myself that I'm showing because it just comes naturally. So I think, and then opens the doors for a lot of different things. You may not grow as quickly because if people know what to expect from you, they kind of, um, they'll go to you for that. And it really is a, a, a way to grow fast, but sustainable for me is, you know, and it is a personal brand. And so you have to bring your personality, you have to bring your personal interest, and then you can relate to so many different people. And there's some people that probably only like certain types of my content, but they're still around and they're still a part of my community. So um, people have different opinions on that, I guess, is, you know, how much should you niche down or how much should you only post specific content pillars. But for me, this, I see myself doing this for a long time. So I'll have to just go where my interests go. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who who wants to share but is reluctant to share or, you know, because I'm sure there's lots of those out there, right? Who who want to be more, 
you know, and I'm actually curious. I, I know for a fact there, like you said, there's a lot of channels out there. People are telling people how to become, you know, influencers or, or content creators, whatever you want to call it. In fact, um, I've got a client whose wife runs, you know, a conference on it, and they're like, it's gangbusters. They're selling out like crazy. They'll they'll charge six nine hundred dollars a ticket for their three day conference on this thing, and they just sell out in like days. Wow, it's crazy. So there's mm-hmm. clearly a high demand for it. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people feel like they need to get it perfect or, or understand, you know, the secret methodology to it in order to get started. They just don't feel comfortable just getting, you know, starting to share or or maybe they are and just falling flat. You know, what, yeah. what would you say to that? Well, I completely understand it because it's really vulnerable to put yourself out there, especially if you're putting yourself out there and this is new for you and you have your family and friends seeing this and they are like, this is not I'm not used to this. It is uncomfortable. And so I would say you kind of have to take that leap and also just come from a place of, hey, I'm trying something new. I'm putting myself out there. And if people are judging me for it, that's really like their problem, not mine. And I'm trying something new here and that should be applauded. Mm -hmm. So I think especially young people, like there is a lot of young people that want to become influencers, but they're so worried about what their friends will think or what their family will think. And I think it, if it's really something that you want to do, you'll be pulled in that direction. And that's what happened to me. Like, I just couldn't fight it <laughs> as much as I wanted to. I've kind of been trying to resist it, like I said, about um, owning the whole influencer thing. But if it's really something that's inside of you and if you, if you really have a message to share, I really do think that when the timing is right, a conference like that or some resources are going to come to you and it's going to help you take that first step. And if you have started and it's falling flat, I would say look up, you know, podcasts, YouTube, there's tons of resources of people's stories where most really successful influencers that you see, even someone like me, where I I would be a micro influencer. It's like, I've been doing this for 10 years. And so it's like, you can't really expect instant success. Um, And if you, if it's something that you enjoy, you'll keep going and then you'll find what success looks like to you. We're not all going to be mega influencers or celebrities but if you are sharing what you're passionate about your your community no matter how small or big will find you is is what i think Mm -hmm. sure yeah and you know great point being the best time you've probably heard this the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and then the second best time is today yeah right um yeah interesting and it's interesting so i've been taking some notes and You've said a few things like, you know, this is, you know, you've really, well, back to kind of the beginning, you know, you talked about how you're getting kind of serious about building your brand in the last couple of years that, you know, you've been doing it in some capacity for 10 years or what have you. And then some things you said were like, it's not something that people respect and it's something that people do on the side. So I'm curious, like, what is that something? Like, how would you define that? Hmm. I guess I can try and define it for what it is for me because I think, you know, it's it's such a wide industry and everyone sort of have their own name for it. So um, as of now, I would say that something would be content creation as and social content creation. And I consider that to be my side hustle because I do make income from it. And what has helped me move forward with it as well is that income piece because um, over the past three years, I've had a progression of how much money 
I've made from the side hustle. And the numbers have shown me that this is something <laughs> worth considering and it's something worth pursuing. And so there's a lot of benefits that come from it that are not at making additional money. But, you know, we live in this age where a lot of people are doing something outside of work and I'm no different than that. And so um, what has propelled, propelled me forward is that I can see that something is working and that there are a lot of brands that are willing to pay quite a bit of money. And I see this in my day job as well. They're willing to pay a lot of money to have content creators or influencers create content for them to use in their marketing materials. And so, again, my job at the agency has helped me to see that this is an industry that has been around, but it's really like booming or about to boom. I don't really know. It's just, you know, there's all these companies popping up. There's all these agencies that are specifically influencer agencies. Um, and so I, I do feel excited that I'm a part of that. And I'm also just learning and owning the language now. So I, I appreciate you asking me about that because it's something that I'm working through and I've mm -hmm. done podcasts before and like, I'm probably saying different things each time as a, as a, you know, as, as like a work in progress, total yeah. work in progress. And one day I might feel different, at, different than in others. It also depends on who I'm in the room with. Like, I, I guess, you know, it's when you're doing something a bit different in the beginning, you, you said, you know, you sort of mentioned that I'm a different type of guest than you normally have. It's like when you are doing something different, some days you're like really owning it. And then other days you're like, what am I doing? No one understands this. Or I just totally. don't quite feel seen or understood. And then, yeah, I've been in the room with like, you know, 60 other influencers, content creators, and we're all just speaking the same language. And we're all talking about problems that we've encountered. And it's like a bonding experience. It's like when you meet someone else that's kind of doing the same thing. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, this is years ago. This is like two thousand, like six, seven, eight. You know, when when the medium back then was blogging, right? But my my cousin was just really into SEO, and so he was just he created a blog about SEO, and he SEOed it really well. And because, That's meta, right? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. And um, so he anyway, he was all about SEO. He was create he created this blog about all these SEO tips, all of which are completely worthless today you know, but it has all changed um anyway but uh but because he was writing that blog he ended up getting a really great job heading up seo at at this agency which then because of the seo work they did there turning this whole big thing but i mean just him creating content opened up an opportunity that he got this great job which led to other amazing opportunities for him because he was creating content right Totally. Yeah. Well, I actually got my job the same way. I figured I was going to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah. You said yeah. you're new to it. Yeah. Well, um, I was out of university. I went straight into working in an agency um, and it was, I guess, more traditional PR marketing and it was a great experience and it was it was my first experience. And in, in, actually, it wasn't my first experience in agency. I did an internship um, at an agency uh, in my university time. And then um, I spent two years at that company and then it was during the pandemic that TikTok was really starting to pick up because people were having a lot of time on their hands and it started shifting where a lot more people that were not just kids were creating content on it. And some of my influencer and content creator friends were telling us in a group chat, like, it is really easy to grow on TikTok right now. You guys should start posting there because we were comfortable being on video and so she's like, just start posting there. So from her advice, started posting there. 
there was a month in March of 20 or yeah, March of 2020 where I gained 20,000 followers in one month. I don't, and I only, I have 11,000 on Instagram. So I'd never seen that. And that, again, that took me so long. And so TikTok was just blowing up and I was sharing a lot in the beginning on there about being an influencer on Instagram, sharing tips, things like that. And, um, yeah. And my, my current bosses, um, I was connected with, um, one of them on Instagram, just like, I don't even know how we would have connected just being in the same industry in the same city. And she slid into my DMs and (laughs) they were hiring for, um, a social media lead. This was a new position for them because, Um, at their agency, a lot of their clients were wanting social media programs. And so I interviewed with them. It was a fit. And so I left my previous job and I joined my current company and I've now been there for two years. So um, I still feel new in my career because I still feel like I'm just learning so much. But um, I have been working in agency for four years and I'm proud of that because agency life can be hard and, you know, it's, it's a whirlwind. So I feel like I've I've learned some things for sure, but that's TikTok is how I got my job now. Yeah. Interesting, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and there's a bunch of brands who are who are you know some exploring it successfully, you know, partnering with influencers. And there's <clears throat> there's obviously agencies. There's there's whole like networks to kind of find and connect with with influencers. And and um, yeah, and it's wild. We've 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 experimented with it a number of times. Some really successfully, and other times not. The challenge. Um, man, we've done a bunch of stuff where we've, uh, we've like created an ad account that is connected to their page and running our own ads with content they created. And, Mm -hmm. and that has had some interesting results up and down, but then there's other times just the traditional one where we connect with an influencer and ask them to make a post on their, on their, um, feed. Right. And the challenge on that, especially on Instagram is that there's, you know, it drives traditional marketers, especially, you know, purist digital marketers bonkers because of the attribution is just, you know, not there. All they, all they can see is this person posted that day and look, our e-com sales went up, <laughs> you know, the next few days and then trailed off. Right. But there's no, the direct attribution can be tricky. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, you know, it still takes, I guess for the influencers or the content creators out there, it still takes some convincing, you know, for a lot of brands to, maybe give that a shot, right? For sure. If they yeah. if they've got awareness budget, it's probably a different story. But 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 brands who are really sensitive to conversions and you know and, and ROAS, um, it's it's more of a pitch. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I um I've even as a small influencer, I've worked with probably over 30 brands. They're all so different. Some brands, like I, I would just say to people, there's really a lot of brands out there that are willing to pay good money for either your, either just your content or your content and your influence. And so that would be more awareness. And they're always looking for different things. Some of them are giving you affiliate links and they want to track your sales. Some of them are, are just looking for awareness. Um, I've seen an increase in brands, yeah, just wanting just wanting content to, to run in ads. And whether you're posting on your page and they're doing an ad, or they're whitelisting it, um, or they're approaching, you know, creators that maybe have really great photo and video content, but they don't have a following. Mm -hmm. That's a great way for them to, you know, you pay someone like 200 bucks to do this like amazing video and you, and I I do think that if they're, if they're running an ad with a lot of ad budget behind it, they should be being paid more than 200 bucks. But 
there's a lot of people out there willing to do it because they're just learning, right? Yeah. And it's this new industry where when I first started doing, I think my first like brand deal was um, $200 or maybe $150. And then my highest one has been $6,000. Hmm. And wow. that to me, when that came through, I was like, that is <laughs> a lot of money for the output is like not that much, you know, like obviously still it's professional photo and video that you're like coordinating and there is a lot behind it. There was a lot of negotiation went into that deal. Um, but once you get to that point, it feels great. Like I'm like, okay, people, you know, they're out there. There's so many brands out there that, you know, and they're all looking for new ways to get the message out there, especially with, um, you know, we're seeing in, in our agency ads don't work as well as they used to. <laughs> um, just in the sense of like the, on Facebook and Instagram with um, iOS update. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know I, your thoughts. I've got a lot to say. <laughs> I honestly yeah. would love to. Ads are not my uh, specialty. <laughs> and I'd love to learn it. What is, so what did you have to, like, what was the deal for that 6K yeah, so the deal, deal, so this was um, a three-month partnership, um, one reel and one story set per month for three months. So two grand for each set. Yeah, cool. This was a brand that I had worked with multiple times before. So that's what I think would have had would have led to like the higher price tag that, you know, that was my, my peak. <laughs> yeah. um, because I had a relationship with them. I had created content and posted for them probably three or four times previously. Um, and they, you know, thought I was doing a good job and I was referring a ton of um, signups for them. And so they said, we want to work with you for three months. And um, yeah, that was, that's been a highlight for sure. That's awesome. And, very yeah. cool. and frankly, like the closer, you know, the data, if I were you, I'd, I'd want to know, I'd, I'd want to see what those stats are. And and we're involved, we're involved in a lot of, of like pay for performance marketing as well, where we get, we get paid when we drive sales or traffic mm -hmm. to companies. Um, and I want to know that information because the more I know how closely I'm impacting the bottom line, the more I can value my services to them and to others. Right. And so if, if I were to give one tip, it's well said. Right versus mm -hmm. I can, the more I can charge. Yeah, right. Yeah, the more I can, the more I can charge. Totally. But not, not only the more I can charge, the more confident you are in approaching others to totally. to, to orchestrate similar deals, right? Because mm -hmm. you can say this is how it has moved the needle for these other ones, and this is why it's worth investing in. Um, I think a lot of people might might be uh, disconnected with that reality that companies need to see a return on their investments, right? When it Absolutely. comes, when it comes to advertising. And if you, if you know that, if you have that feedback loop of information, you can be very valuable to people. Uh, but if you're just creating content and like, I don't know what's charging them. Here you go. You know, how about this? But I mean, freaking, I can tell you one thing, you know, Kim Kardashian knows how much, you know, she is moving the needle in sales for companies, mm -hmm. right? And and her people will know that really well. Um, and that's what allows them to do what they do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it's so interesting because there is so much um, on, on the influencer content creator sides and then on the brand and agency side, I do kind of get to see both. Um, but there, we don't talk to each other enough and there's not enough transparency between the two because 
you know, the goals are a bit different here, right? As an influencer, of course, I want to um, drive sales or drive signups. I want this sponsored content to get a ton of views, but it can be very hard. Like on Instagram, you put up something with a paid partnership and it gets like half of what you normally get. 100%. And so you're, you're, and then you also want to get paid your, your worth. And then on the other side, they're wanting the best content and the most amount of reach for the least amount of money. So it is like this interesting balance. And, um, I, I totally agree with you. I would love to know, how, am I making, what, what is the actual difference that I'm making in terms of dollars? Because you're willing to pay me $6,000. So that means something, right? Um, but sometimes it can be hard to get that information because if they, you know, what if it's a lot higher than that? And then I go back mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I want to get paid more. So it's it's this balance and I'm just consistently learning. And, and also the in terms of brand deals, the prices are just all over the place. And sometimes it's a company that I love or it's a nonprofit. And, um, you know, it's not solely a, a business I'm not running this like a super tight business. It's my my side hustle. But I've just seen that like, okay, it's a lucrative side hustle. And it's something I love doing. And so why would I not pursue it type thing? But and that's another thing is like I just really value like the transparency. That's why I shared actual numbers. Because when I heard other people saying those numbers, like some of them, like you wouldn't, you honestly wouldn't believe what a, like a mega influencer, they're raking in like half a million dollars a year, like easy. And... I just got really inspired by others that, you know, it can it can be really lucrative. So, yeah. Yeah, that's actually, I, that takes me back to a story when I worked in Manchester. I went um, and contacted the representatives for probably the biggest influencer in the UK who you'd probably You're know. probably sh- yeah. shocked by uh, the rates. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very much a believer in like pay people what they're worth and I was ready to get sticker shock. Um, and then I was asking for like a mention in a YouTube video and one Instagram post and I got quoted 350,000 pounds. Um, and I thought one, good on you. Like, yeah, yeah. I've, well gotten those, I've gotten those rate yeah. sheets too because in my job I have like requested things and yeah, it's, you're, you're shocked by it. Mm-hmm. And, but then I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it's, you wouldn't even believe. No, At the same time crazy. though, you know, if we, you know, it's the whole phenomenon is really interesting, right? So if we, mm-hmm. if we pull back, if we pull back and start to think of like, what's the trajectory of content online, you know, and where's it been? Because for a long time, you know, I still remember as a kid, like really young, you know, people had like encyclopedias in their home, right? And then, and then one one day we got like these CD-ROMs, and the encyclopedia was on the CD-ROM, and you know, yep. And information was scarce, and so it was valued, right? And we just assumed anyone producing information was producing quality information. Well, now that the world is being flooded with information, it's no longer scarce. What people are craving is some sort of curation, right? Some some sources that they can trust. And, and really what an influencer is selling is, hey, I'm spending all this time creating stuff to, to build a relationship with people, to build trust. You know, there's a great book called Speed of Trust. And, and the one nugget from that is, is like trust is made up of two sides, character and competence. You know, and, and if you're lacking trust in something, it's one of those two is missing. Um, and anyway, there's a long way of saying that um, they're charging 350 thousand pounds for whatever it was, 
but there's however many posts that have gone in prior to that to yes. build to build trust, yeah. right? To build trust, and they would violate trust with their audience if every post was a sponsored post, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you're finding the same thing. And so, how do you how do you balance that trust? Because you're selling trust, right? And and connection. Um, and so, how do you balance that relationship with your audience while not selling them out? And you know, you should be a really great matchmaker, not selling people out. And it's tricky, but that's. It, that, that was a rant, but uh, I mean, <laughs> the trajectory of, of information online is that information is not scarce. And so we don't value it the same way. Now it's become, it's coming down to finding trusted sources. And what's that, how's that going to shake out? You know, we're, we're seeing all kinds of conversation now about freedom of, of speech mm-hmm. and, and versus, versus uh, filtration or curation mm-hmm. or, you know, labels on certain things like well, that is being labeled this way, hence it's out. So, um, and trust in ads, especially, I've got a lot to say about ads, by the way, but um, there are a lot of lazy marketers out there who want to blame their problems on iOS 14 when, when they were just pumping out, we sell this widget, buy this widget. And you're like, yeah. dude. You know. Yeah. Like I think it, yeah, I, I, it's true. Yeah. I think it, that what you were saying reminded me that people are building like parasocial relationships with influencers that they follow and I've done it. Like there's influencers, YouTubers, especially I've always been into YouTube. Um, and there's some people that I've watched on YouTube for so long and you see them through all these different life changes and they feel like your friend. Totally. And that's why it is really important because I've had that relationship to people. I think people within my community, I always have that in my mind that they might have that relationship to me. And so I really do value it. And you have to balance like the trust and and you want to make a bit of income, but you have to stay authentic. You have to be recommending products and services that you have tried, you stand behind, and you can't get lost in in the potential paycheck because the, there has there's a lot of companies that are selling like either it's like a sh- shady service or a shitty product, and they're trying to get influencers to talk about their product and they're willing to pay a lot of money to influencers but then all these influencers are saying no because it's such a bad product or service well it could wreck their their reputation Mm -hmm. it could damage their relationship with the audience it's a big deal Mm -hmm. and 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 people want i want it i want i want just want to buy things that are recommended to me right like absolutely like if alex tells me like this thing is amazing you need to go get it i will sold yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna go buy it i'm gonna at least look into it well once you (laughs) once you learn someone's yeah once you learn (laughs) someone's like taste and what they're what they value in like products services everything i think that's why um influencers sort of have that name is like they do influence you to do certain things even if it's not a product but maybe it's a podcast that they like to listen to there's certain people where they could recommend something and like I'll read that book or I'll listen to that podcast because I I think that you know this person has great taste in whatever that is and it's a pretty easy sell for me but it's only like there's probably only like five people where I have that feeling towards so the goal is to become one of those people like I want you know I want people to trust me I want people to um, you know, get something of value and it's not it, something of value in the sense of like just our relationship, you know, following me online. It's like, I want to show up for you every day and for us to be as if we're friends, but we are just, you know, connected online. Yeah. 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 I think, um, let's talk about your content for a bit because 
I find, um, I just wonder like what content your followers relate to the most or react to the most. You surely have a few pockets where you get a lot of DMs or a lot of likes. Um, something I've seen like across social media in general is that mental well-being content is getting a lot of attention at the moment because of the pandemic and it's, it's pushed a lot of people to um, think about how they're doing and maybe go to therapy and stuff. And I think that's definitely something you talk about a lot. Um, like how do people respond to that? Yeah, so I can think... Mental health, people respond well to when I'm specific. So when I say I deal with depression and anxiety, if ever I talk about taking medication for my mental health, I think because it's been so stigmatized when someone's coming out and talking about it, and it's getting a lot better, but when I'm like really specific about things within mental health, um, I, it gets a really good reaction because people just are like, thank you for talking about this. And a lot of people will um, say like, you know, I don't have any anyone in my life that I can talk about this to. And it's a, it's a bit of a fine line because I'm not trying to become someone's therapist. <laughs> um, but when I'm specific about things within mental health and then when it comes to like personal finance, when I'm specific about numbers, people really love that. So something that I've started to do is I actually film what I spend in a month videos on YouTube. And this is not an idea that I created. I've seen other people do it. But I love to watch people talk through their purchases. Were they happy about it, not happy about it? How much money did they spend this month? Is that high for them, low for them? I don't talk about my income because thats it's almost like that's a bit too vulnerable and a bit <laughs> too far for me. Maybe in the future I'll get there. Um, but I'm very comfortable sharing like what I've spent. Um, and when I share that content across YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, it always performs well because people are also nosy. I found so when people can just kind of get I do think people want to get this information that they can somehow um, you know see where they are in relation to that and for the most part it's been a very positive response like it's I think people just are nosy and want to see that but the people that are commenting are sort of saying like thank you for being open about this and just it's just in, like they're just like it's just interesting com content to consume and so those are the types of content that I really do like to share but um, you know, you can't give away everything about yourself. And it is, again, you're really putting yourself out there when you're saying like, okay, this is everything that I spent this month. And it's a hard concept too, because if that's, that's wild. Like if you would have told me that I was, I would be doing that like five years ago, I'd be like, you're crazy because I wasn't, I wasn't even really keeping track or I wasn't thinking about finances in that, in that way, or I wasn't thinking about it's important for me to be transparent and to like open up a conversation I just wasn't even thinking about it like that so that's some of the most popular types I would say yeah. I can definitely relate to that being vulnerable because if I had to admit how much I'd spent at Starbucks for example I think I'd be sick <laughs> sometimes it's freeing though you know and yeah. then it it forces me to talk about it and then yeah. if I if I'm like shit I spent you know way too much money on clothes this month then the next month I I usually don't and I also have it in my head that like I share this online. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm, when I'm thinking about purchases, I'm like, well, this is going um, to my community. That's true. Yeah. Accountability. Uh, that's interesting. Well, and I think a lot of what you just said, the, the specifics is also the like, it's just, it's real. You know, I think like <clears throat> it's the stuff that everyone deals with or it's the stuff that's like, and I think that's truly like, what it sounds like is like the most potentially authentic stuff you're sharing yes. is what people are drawn to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, is it- it's, and it's more facts. It's like, these are facts about my life. Yeah. And it's, le- it's not, it's, and it's also not as like touchy feely in the sense where it's just, um, and I've, it's just sharing even like I've, on YouTube, I talk through the things that I've spent, but on TikTok and Instagram, it's kind of just like a list. It's like, you know, on, on utilities, it's this on, you know, whatever it's this. And I don't really put much, I'm not saying this is good or bad. It's just like, this is, these are my numbers. And I just love to see people sort of interpreting that. And I'm just kind of putting it out there for, let's see where this conversation goes. And I don't really mind either way because it just gets people talking. And what have you seen? What have some of the comments been that come back from those? Um, Well, (laughs) specifically, people are always shocked at how inexpensive my rent is. I mean, I live with my partner (laughs) and so it's split into two and Calgary, you know, we, we, we have, we found a good, a good little gem where we don't pay like an extravagant amount of rent. So people, because I have people across, you know, it's like they're living in Vancouver, Toronto, people freak out about my rent. They also see a number that they think is really low and they're like, they, they think that that's the full, uh, monthly rent, but it's just my half because it's what I spent in a month, not what my boyfriend Uh spent in a month. Um, and then a lot of times people, you know, they groceries is another thing. They'll be like, Oh my gosh, we need some content on how to keep your grocery bill so low. Um, because groceries are so expensive and, um, what are some other comments? Really random ones, you know, people like they pick one thing and they just have a comment about it Mm. or they go like, how's your phone bill so low? Like I live here and I have, people really do. I've, I've noticed that people like to talk about themselves. I mean, here I am talking about myself, but that just (laughs) proves my point. You know, like if you ask, if I'm, if I ask people on Instagram, what do you think about this? It's like people are more than happy to share because we're just like, I really do think we're all just seeking connection. And um, if you just simply ask, honestly, people are like willing to just jump in in the convo mm-hmm. is what I've seen. How do you deal with trolls? Um, I don't get, I don't have that many, but I do have some. Um, or like I've gotten gotten some. Because in my, in, my jo- in my day job, I tell clients how to deal with trolls and how I tell them to deal with trolls is ignore them and if they keep popping up everywhere just block them and how to spot the difference between a troll and someone who is like a customer that has a negative review so like i we have these like very specific protocols of like how to spot hmm. a troll so it doesn't really bother me too much um and oftentimes i'll 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 i mean sometimes i'll clap back <laughs> to them um one thing that uh one thing i've shared recently maybe the past year is um sharing about how you get botox and some people have some very strong opinions about that. I've seen that. Yeah. And that one's an interesting one <laughs> because those are like, I've gotten the comment of like, imagine hating yourself so much that you're ejecting toxins into you, into your body to soothe mm. your self-hatred. When I said to that was like. <laughs> so that I, one stuck. It, it did stick. It did stick. <laughs> yeah. But my comment back was like, I, I don't hate myself. And I just think I, I and I'm an advocate for like you do whatever you want to do to your body. And there's a reason why I'm sharing it because people are not sharing it. Mm-hmm. Like it's important for me to share that. So to get comments like that, there's, yeah. And again, because it's like a visual thing, you do get comments about your appearance, which can be really hard, especially like as a young woman, it's like, come on, don't you know that most most of us are struggling with our 
self-esteem. <laughs> you know, like you don't need to, I think people think that because you're putting yourself out there, they must think that you're so confident. Obviously you're confident to the point where you can put yourself out there, but you do get comments about like appearance and um, yeah, those don't, those kind of suck, especially if it's something that you are self-conscious about and it, it, it does suck. But I, I also think like, yeah, we need to find a way to kind of, because I just think I can handle that, but um, like a teenager might not be able to handle that. And that right. gets into like cyberbullying. And that's something that I'm passionate about. And just, we need to figure that one out. But e even, even the models are super self-conscious about it and, and people tear them apart. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I find yeah. that one really interesting because the, the, I remember actually seeing that comment, the hating yourself because I get Botox too and I love it and I think it's great. So yeah. I haven't got it in a while. Very tough. Um, but I saw that comment and I thought it was really interesting because the reason that that person might be like projecting and saying that hating yourself, etc., is probably because they have been consuming content for so long of people with Botox and with filters and thinking that's real. Hmm. And for you sure. are putting it out there that my forehead is smooth because I do this. And young girls aren't looking at it and thinking, I wish my forehead was that smooth and thinking it just happens. Yeah. So I think being that vulnerable and open, and yeah, it does open you up to hate, but those haters are probably hating because they've, you know, they've seen all of that and they think that's normal. Yeah, filters are another conversation to dive into. Yeah. I've stopped, I stopped using them maybe about a year or two ago and it's, I felt it was important. It's like young, young kids shouldn't see us with like smooth skin when that's not what we or like enlarged eyes and weird shit like that. So I stopped I personally stopped using them and I've I've dealt with like skin issues and I've dealt with acne for so long and I thought, you know, like I just kind of got to show again trying to be more real and um people too like, you know, have just said thank you for showing up with your real skin and it's kind of like this catch 22 where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, is it really that bad?" where you're like saying like, <laughs> "Thank you so much for being so brave." Totally. totally. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's one of those things where it's like yeah. these these are my decisions that I've put I've decided to put out there and people's reactions are honestly strange. And I'm not really here to like yeah like I'm not here to psychoanalyze that that guy that commented that all mm -hmm. I know is that I'm happy that I shared that video yeah. and that I'm and and I don't know what is he happy that he commented that I don't know maybe don't maybe know. he thought got her <laughs> people are weird like yeah. I, I'm a big fan of people I love people online people <laughs> maybe not as much most of the time yeah. they're not even they don't even seem like people though because they're like an anonymous profile right like totally. oftentimes it's not actually someone with a face and a profile all flushed out yeah 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 that's like one time you said something to me like you started it by saying the same thing gabe where you're like yeah i i really like people but sometimes i really have to remind myself of that <laughs> online, yeah, <laughs> yeah, online. People, people in person. I love people in person. Oh God, yeah, it's it's great. Here's a question: Do you ever run into people that feel like they know you? You've never met them, but yeah, yeah. a hand, a handful. Uh, is Meg one of them? <laughs> <laughs> no, they know no. she's not just a follower. Yeah, we've she's covered this. We've covered this. <laughs> we did used to live next door to each other. You don't live there anymore. No, it's funny you didn't lead with that. <laughs> but yeah. you introduce yourself as a follower you know what's but, funny though is and i find this really funny you don't with, live next door to her but you do know where she lives 
she just doesn't. <laughs> she I, told yeah, me. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that with binoculars. Um, no, but what I find interesting is like I have a few um, like micro influencers that I follow and I see them out. And for a moment I'm like, oh my God, it's them. And then you realize that they're like a real person and it's, you know, you're not seeing like Beyonce in the street. But when you, it's right, like you create these like relationships online Mm -hmm. and feel like they're your friends and you know a lot about their life and they know nothing about yours. I think I saw you once before we'd even met and um, I was like, oh my God, that's Melanie Loren. (laughs) And it's, it's so strange because there is this kind of celebrity around it. Do you get that, people like recognizing I mean, that, you? That's a very nice way of saying it. It's See, true, like though. I don't, yeah. Um, like a cele- you know, like a handful of people, maybe I've met them before and they're like, I actually follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And people are really nice about it. I mean, if they follow you, they probably like you. And so, um, and it's, uh, yeah, but I, I genuinely have made connections with people that I'll talk to them in DMs, but they might have a pro- private profile. So I know their first, I know their name and I know like their little circle like this, but we actually talk a lot like in DMs, they're responding to my stories and I'm oh, chatting back with them. It is very interesting. There's been certain people where I'm like, you know, we've been chatting for a while. Like I've asked them like, would it be okay if I follow you back? Because again, my, I, I was talking to my boyfriend. I was saying like, you're like a, a normie on social media. I was calling him because he <laughs> like rarely posts and he has a private account. And, and so I've never been really like a normie on social media. So I don't know that experience. So with some people I've asked them like, would it be okay if I followed you back so I could learn a bit more about you? Most of them have been like, yeah, for sure. I, I don't really post that much or I just post my dog or whatever. But I've totally built relationships, true relationships and friendships with people that have started out as like maybe being a follower of mine, you know, but a lot of times if they're attracted to you, they, you probably have similar interests. And I once got, actually, this is really nice. I once got like a really long email and it was like a friendship application. And it was a girl who had uh, like just moved back to Calgary. She had followed me for a while. So she knew a lot of my interests and she wrote this like really sweet email. And she wrote, I think we'd get along because of these reasons. And then she's like, we could do these things together because she knows like what I like to do. So I met her for coffee and she was great. Wow. Oh, that was so one nice. of the best things. That was awesome. very sweet. Was her, was, was her name Meg? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we ended up here from right. the email. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've talked about this before on this podcast, how, how you know, putting things out, you, you have no idea who it's going to resonate with, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and yeah, especially if and people people can smell BS, you know, yeah. from, from a mile yeah. away, right? And and so yeah, if you're if you're putting things out that resonates with people, then excuse me, then you've no idea who's going to be like, yeah, I that that's one that's my person. Absolutely, you know it was I mean? extremely validating too. I thought this is the type of person that I would want to be following me. You know, someone who mm-hmm. has similar interests to mine, and also just kind of like you know, they're like, I could see us being friends. Because that's, it's just genuine connection, honestly. And I'm glad, like, we met, we got along great. She was right, you know, like, she was right when she said, like, I think we could be friends. Mm. Um, we haven't gone on a second friend date, but, like, that might be coming. Oh. You gotta do it. You gotta say it on the podcast. Yeah, You're gonna you, do it. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It, it is a special skill to share as much as you do, right? That It is a special, I'm, I'm not a shy person, but, mm-hmm. but I am a private person. Yeah, totally. And everyone has different boundaries. And I'm the first to say that 
um, I'm, I'm not that private of a person. Obviously I share, I share a lot and I'm just comfortable with it. I've just somehow always been comfortable being an open book and really sharing like everything. And I, I, sometimes it gives me anxiety. Like sometimes you kind of like second guess you're like, Ooh, um, but I've like eased into it. And it's just, it's, I do think like I have said before, I think that like my vulnerability, like is a gift and it's one of my superpowers and I just got to go with it again. I can't fight it anymore. I just, um, I, I'm, I'm willing to share with like anyone who will really listen. And I've been lucky that most people have responded really genuinely and kindly and with, you know, um, like open arms and ears. And that's why I keep going too. like, if I, if I was sharing and if I was really getting people being really rude to me, <laughs> it would probably be hard to continue, but it's mm -hmm. few and far between. And most people, I think can sense that it's, you know, I'm just trying to genuinely share like who I am and my, um, life experiences and what I have to give. And I think if you're really truly authentic to yourself, people can't, it's, it's harder to like hate on people if they're doing that because they just sense that, you know, if, if they were hating on you, they'd be hating like, you know, who you are as a person. And that, mm -hmm. that, that really would hit hard. So. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, I guess this might be a good place to ask what's next. I think we were talking a little bit about before you came in and thinking how generally we see that um, those that are into content creation, maybe their long-term goal is to make that their full-time gig. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder whether you ever have concerns around if it did become your full-time gig and that meant more paid content and less of just, just Mel. Um, do you ever think about that? Like how you could, I guess there are two questions, what's next? And two, do you ever have any worries about kind of increasing that like brand side of it? Definitely. Yeah. I'm happy where I'm at right now. And I don't think too much about, you know, my, my, my goal right now is not to become a full-time influencer or con content creator that could change. I don't know. I do like having sort of multiple things on the go and it removes, it removes some pressure that it's not my job. So I can just kind of do with it what I want. Um, there would definitely be a concern there. And that happens with a lot of people. A lot mm -hmm. of people start out with having a job and it, they could be like a doctor or an engineer or, you know, I happen to work in social, but, um, and then if they grow to a certain size and if they're, they basically, you know, match their salary and at some point exceed their salary, mm -hmm. um, they sort of get to this crossroads. I'm not there yet at all. But one of my goals would be like to, increase my income on that side hustle so that I could sort of have like, you know, some options um, as to how I wanted to go about that. But I do think I would like to stay um, in the marketing world um, to some capacity um, because, you know, I spent some time and some money going to school for it and <laughs> getting some experience. And even though they're kind of related, you know, they're, they're kind of related, but um We'll see. Uh, so what's next? I have no idea. I don't even really know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but um, I've got a question just about, mm. you know, the obviously this is, this is you know, uh, uh, like, like we talked about, a lot of people are, are finding career paths in it. A lot of people want to get in, involved in it. Clearly, there's there's a demand for uh, people to learn how Um there's a, a large demand, you know, in the female population, you know, to, to be influencers as well and um, almost in a different way. So I've got questions probably for both of you, you know, as far as I've, I've heard from some people, females, 
saying Instagram is made to make me feel bad about myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and they, that's how they feel as the, as they scroll through and see a lot of things on there. And, and I kind of want to tell someone like, you know what, and maybe this is wrong, but I, I, I know for sure that, that a driving force behind a lot of these people's posts is them trying to feel good about themselves. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are driven to want to post certain things online is them trying to, you know, fill a, uh, a self-esteem gap. Is that fair or is that too judgmental? No, it's fair. It's, it's fair. fair. I've experienced it. I mean, I would, I would, it would, I would be lying if I said there, there's, there aren't times where I would like rely on um, posting on social media to get validation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to work through that and try, I try not to, you know, be in that space anymore, but social media is not a positive experience for everyone. Right. It's positive for me. It's my job, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing. And Instagram for me, I try to curate it where if someone's making me feel bad, unfollow. Like if if I'm following someone and I, I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, will I ever look like that person? I mean, the answer is no. And uh, <laughs> unfollow, yeah. like there's no reason. So I also try and tell people that too. And if ever someone was following me and I was making them feel bad about myself, unfollow, honestly. Yeah. And so we need to be empowered to create our own experiences. But Instagram, it's always been like the filters, the perfect, the your home looking perfect and aesthetic. And um, that's why a lot of people are like enjoying TikTok because in video, you can't hide as much. And so you can do kind of video filters, but most people are just showing up um, a little bit more real and authentic. Yeah. And I personally love TikTok for that reason. I love YouTube for that reason too, because they're showing a bit more on video and you're not just posing for a photo and editing it a bunch um but it's totally fair i think for a lot of people especially young women would say that instagram um has negative effects for their self-esteem and i i don't i hate that i hate that fact and i also wouldn't want to be a i don't want to be a part of that and i really hope that i'm not but i again so i try like n- not no not using filters trying to share the good and the bad and the struggles and um we all have a part to play in that even even normies, as I say, <laughs> some of them, you know, are maybe editing their photos as much as influencers. It's we're all part of this yeah. new, like curated digital age. And we have I, I, I talk a lot about how we need to sort of like figure this out as adults so that we can teach our kids like better to have a better relationship with social because our kids are going to be immersed in it. Oh, and they already are. I mean, I don't I don't have children yet. Um but I do have nephews and I think about them and I'm just like, we've mm. got to figure this out. You know what That's I'm worried cool. about, actually? I'm worried that one thing I've loved about the social revolution is the democratization of influence and information, you know? Mm-hmm. And my worry is that if people start to really prefer overly curated content, overly filtered content, overly produced content, that we lose some of that democratization. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Big time. Um I, 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 that has been really cool. The fact that, you know, people, anyone can post on YouTube content they're creating that people are consuming and enjoying and, and can compete with big budget production, right? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be like, it, it, we'll, we'll lose it to a certain degree, right? There will be the centralization of control or maybe not control. Well, I guess it's control of companies, but there'll be studios that form micro influencer studios or something that will like become a thing and like that will take over or, you know, 
like it'll it'll be like any other media ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, do you? Yeah. Do you need a Mr. Beast budget in order to get a Mr. Beast following? Mm. You know, or right. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. Because because yeah. Mr. Beast is an interesting one because he he wants to present the illusion of it being grassrooty, you know, video, whatever. But it's it's beyond that now, right? Oh, yeah, way beyond. But I think what's cool with like Mr. Beast specifically is I do think that when he started, he didn't have those big budgets. Right. I think. I mean, some people, you know, maybe have a different experience, um, but I do think it's kind of cool to see the progression of someone too. Where even on YouTube, a lot of the like beauty YouTubers. We talk about, um, like when we're, when I say we, like people that like to watch YouTube, I don't know what you'd call us. Um, we t- we're Probably nos- just people who like to watch YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Catchy. <laughs> so catchy. We're nostalgic over the days where beauty YouTubers sat on their bedroom floor in like their childhood bedroom because they were like, you know, still kids or teenagers, I guess. And we're doing their makeup like on the floor and their, you know, shitty little camera. It's like we're nostalgic for those days. But then it's cool to see their progression. And as they they grow, they get more money to invest back into their business. And if you develop that relationship with someone that you really just want, like you, you really like them. So you want to see them succeed. And it can be a bit hard if people like Emma, Emma, Emma Chamberlain is, is one of those people that she, I'm not sure how familiar you are with her, but she's a, she's one of the biggest YouTubers and she's quite young. I think she's only like 21 and she, her following just blew up and, um, she is known for like relatable content and like almost boring content but she's now like super rich at 21 you know and her life she hosted like the Met Gala and she she's become like pretty much a celebrity and she can no longer really make that relatable boring content anymore Mm. because her life is not boring um and so it changes you know like people really have to there's this whole journey and a lot of people are will say like well I miss you I miss when you were like you know, in this stage of your life, but then it's hard because what you, you don't want that success or like, Oh, you know, am I going to turn down hosting the Met Gala so that I can stay relatable? Time marches on. Well, it's like, it's, it's musicians, bands all the time. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you sold out. You're like, no, yeah. I, I, sure finally did. Got, I finally got paid for performing. Like I'm finally making <laughs> yeah. a livable wage doing what yeah, I love. Right. You should be happy for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I, I know we're probably getting close to time here, but there's been a few times where you've kind of referenced, you know, just in this last little bit about how you've watched people kind of like, you know, grow up through their career or what have mm-hmm. you. And, but you've said um, you've built a relationship mm. with these people <laughs> and that, that it hits me or it, it's really stands out to me mm-hmm. because it's like when I, when I think of it, like, it's like a one-sided relationship for sure. Like they don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, and, and, but, but then I'm, I'm just wondering like, what does that mean? Like, does that have like any kind of deeper implication? Like when I think of building a relationship, right. I'm like that, like, can you do that? Is one side of relationship a relationship? A relationship. I mean, yeah. When you put it, when you put in those words, like no. Right. Um, when I say like build a relationship, I really do mean a parasocial relationship. So it is yeah. one sided. They don't know who I am, and it's more so. And maybe the better word for it would be, um, you know, if I've built a relationship to following them, you know, mm. like I've built a relationship to having 
access to this person because they, well, not access to, I don't see it as having access to them, having access to what they choose to share on online. Right. Um, and I think I, ha- honestly, I do think I, we have to be careful with that because as someone who shares a lot online, I would say I probably only shared 20% really of like my life and really who I am. There is a lot of stuff that is private to me because of course, like, you know, who would want to just put themselves out there fully? Um, and you are really showing just your, it, everything is curated, even if you're trying to make it look not curated. Of course it's curated. I chose to take a photo of this and then post it and then what I said on it. So um, I try to not, you know, assume that if I follow someone even for years that I really know, I, I just know what they choose to put out there. Right. Um, and I guess, yeah, uh, just people that I, I really genuinely enjoy their content. So I'm happy to like follow them through whatever, you know, if they then start a podcast, oh, I'm excited to hear that person's thoughts on yeah. a certain topic. Do you think that you, and I, and I ask this before, totally not to challenge. I'm just saying it fascinates me, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that, I think there are lots and lots of people who do truly feel like they have a relationship. Like, I know this person. And you're saying like, yeah, you only put 20% of your stuff online. So you know that somebody else is probably doing the same or likely less or whatever. But do other people think through that? No, I don't right? think so. And you're totally right. Some. T- I- I think people probably think they know me better than they know me. And mm. so that is something to consider and something to think of. And um, you don't want to like, I don't know, it is, it is, it's like this nuanced thing that's really tricky to think through, but I, I think you're right. I think most people don't realize that the people that they, um, you know, have built like a, a fondness for, um, you're not getting the whole person because you don't know them in real life. And some people like I've heard stories of someone meeting, like, I mean, this happens with celebrities or influencers, musicians, they have this like idol and they meet them and they're not very nice and it just crushes their dreams. Um, So I I don't think people quite realize that. And it is a really interesting thing to talk about because um, we do think we know influencers and content creators more than we do celebrities because we're like, oh, well, they show us stuff, you know, like they're real. And um, and it's probably true, like more than traditional mm-hmm, celebrities yeah. and that kind of thing. Right. And it's not inherently a problem. It's just mm-hmm. something. But, but it could be for some people. Honestly, right. it's true. Like, you know, if it's preventing like a, it's if it's preventing someone from like building real relationships in the real world because they think that they have like their online friends that are not really friends. They're not friends. Hopefully they wouldn't consider these people to be like their friends and hopefully they're self-aware enough to know that. But um, yeah, if people are spending time just consuming content of people that are sharing online, but they're not building relationships, like obviously that's a huge part of life. And um, hopefully people kind of realize that. And um, I think you can go too far into it too if you're really like obsessed with, uh, observing what people are sharing online, mm-hmm. you might not be living your own life. Mm-hmm. And, um, or sometimes you're comparing yourself too much. And that's why I, I think I've thought through this stuff and I've worked through this stuff for so long that I feel pretty confident to consume a lot of content and kind of have like my head right with that. And also coming back to self-esteem, I think I have a foundation of self-esteem that I can come at it with a clear mind, but not everyone has that foundation. So it is something that we need to think about. 
I feel like social media should be in the school syllabus. Absolutely. <laughs> or something like that, like how to consume it, how to deal with it, how to... But we like, all have different ways of doing it. So even yeah. like the professor or, or the teacher, I guess we'd yeah. want it to be like not university level. We'd want it yeah. in, you know, younger than that. But yeah. they would have their own biases. Like if I was teaching the class, it'd be different than if you were teaching the class. Mm-hmm. And we all have our own personal experiences. What we need to teach people is that like, this is a personal experience to you and we're all going to have a different relationship mm-hmm. with it. And if you can try and... Like what works best for you is what's going to work best for you. Like I have friends that don't have any social media and that works well for them. For me, I like to be on social media quite a bit. Works for me. Mm-hmm. But we have to be responsible for our own experiences. Mm-hmm. And and perhaps, you know, perhaps hacking, you know, instead of hacking at the weeds of, you know, if, if we could just really focus on, well, how do we actually build people's self-esteem? You know, because if they're coming mm-hmm. into those situations, so they're, they're going to face all kinds of situations where, Mm-hmm. where that will challenge your self-esteem whether it's social media or, or whatever that you know how do you how do you you know build them up at the root so that no matter what social situation real or not real or digital or not digital that they have some sort of foundation to fall mm-hmm. back to and say that i'm 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 good because of these things yeah. yeah yeah for sure uh in school my wife is a teacher and they do bring people in and talk about cyberbullying and like the dangers of that kind of stuff like it's it's a real thing it's a real problem for sure so that's good that they're yeah yeah i think they're trying they'll actually bring like really cool at least her school will bring these really amazing like cool experts and they'll help um educate parents as well because i think a lot of parents response is just no tech no social no nothing and the reality is, is that the kids are probably going to do it, whether you like, they're probably already doing it, whether you think you're controlling them or not. And so it's like, how do you, it's here, it's here to stay. Tech is here. The internet is here, obviously. Right. So parents, how do you, you know, give them the tools, the self-esteem and understand the tool and the boundaries and explain that this isn't necessarily their entire self and that just because you know a lot about them doesn't mean that you're actually yeah. friends with them and not, like this whole thing, right? Well, and, and again, you know, we're talking about, you know, weeds that come from the same seed, but, you know, if ever there was a bully that did not suffer from self-esteem problems, I've never met that. Before. Right. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, we need, they like kids need help on both sides of the coin. Like the kid that's like being bullied and then the bully. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's the same thing as as adults, like, you know, with the troll comments, it's like, you know, there's, there's, we all like, for the most part, I feel like we're all trying our best. We're all navigating our own like real personal situations. And on the internet too, we collide. Like, you know, my video of me getting Botox would randomly come up on this guy's um, for you page. And he had some thoughts about it, you know, and like, it's, we're all just, we're all just looking at it from our own personal experiences. There's a saying, uh, what Peter says about Paul will tell you more about Peter than it will about Paul. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, I think about that often when, when I see, you know, nasty comments and stuff. Yeah. We could probably dissect social media for, and I feel like that's what we've been doing the last little yeah, while. Sorry. We could than, probably get you on for a second one to yeah. actually dissect, but um, I think we're probably coming to time. I think I'd love to leave the podcast off on like what's next for you. I think you're going to LA, right? I've seen that on your YouTube. Yeah, I'm going to LA just for a little girls trip um, in a week or so. I'm excited for that. I'll probably do a, a vlog um, of that. And um, what's next? I mean, who knows? I, I I don't really know. But if you want, <laughs> if you want to follow along the journey, I would love to have you. Um, and um, I hope that 
took away something from this episode. It was honestly really great for me. I just love, I love to hear like what questions come up for, for you guys when it comes to stuff like this. You know, it's, it's so interesting. I'm so immersed in it that I don't know what the questions are, um, from, um, people that you're like immersed in the world or like, you know, familiar with it. But, um, you know, I think I'm probably the first influencer that you've had on the podcast and, um, yeah, thank you for letting me share yeah, my perspective as an employee and an influencer and not yet a business owner, but you know, maybe one day, maybe one day I will be an, a true entrepreneur. Perhaps you don't have a business currently. I, I'm thinking about the Jay-Z quote right now, you know, where he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm not, not a businessman. Business I'm a business comma man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Cause, <laughs> cause you are, you've, you've turned yourself into a revenue generating mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Right? Which I, is, yeah. I, f I feel like I have an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit, but I've been around so many entrepreneurs and I've worked for entrepreneurs and I see what they're day-to-day is like and what their journey is like and that's not quite yet my journey so I guess I just I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs so I I don't yet I don't feel quite yet a part of the club but maybe one day I will be entrepreneurs need people like you in their corner very badly people mm -hmm. with you know a, a company full of entrepreneurs wouldn't work you need people with entrepreneurial spirits to like right. be in those companies to make them truly great true right mm -hmm. so yeah well, thank you. That's, that's nice. And that's how I feel. Yeah. I like, you know, I, I, we have so much to learn from entrepreneurs and I really have like, again, worked for, worked for, and am currently working for some really great entrepreneurs and I've learned so much from them and, um, I'm excited to keep learning. Cool. Um, with that, where can people go and find you and connect with you online? Yeah. So on Instagram, um, my handle is Melanie Loren. So that's M-E-L-A-N-I-E-L-A-U-R-E-N-E. -E -E. Um, same username for YouTube and Twitter. And then on TikTok, which we didn't really get into, <laughs> this is another story, but my handle is Your Internet Big Sis. All right. Okay. We should have got into that next yeah. time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. With that, I think it wraps up another episode of the Work in Progress podcast. Always a good time. Yeah. And uh, thanks for coming. Yeah. Of course. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having me. Thanks, Mel.